Welcome to the Absite Smackdown podcast. We'll talk clinical scenarios, Absite facts, and interesting general surgery knowledge. Now, let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back. It's me, Jess, your host of Absite Smackdown podcast. With me as always, Dr. David Kashmir and one of my favorite guests, Dr. Rhonda Barsoon. How are you guys doing? Great. Happy to be here. Jessica, I'm doing great. I'm really glad the conference uh, got wrapped up. So life is good. I'm feet up on the beach, but not really <laughs> because I'm in my office with books, but feet up on the beach in my mind. Okay. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you're in your studio right now, but in your head, if you're at the beach, then I'm super supportive of that. Speaking of the beach, pretty sure Dr. Colton Lee is on vacation this week. I think that's what he said to me, but I am so happy to have another female especially one that rocked the conference so hard. She did two lectures. They were fantastic. She kept such great pace. And that was one of the, um, a lot of the feedback that we got. Cause if you guys were at the conference or if you weren't, we had a little QR code where you could scan it and give us feedback about the conference. And one of the things that we got back that was awesome for Dr. Ronda was that her pace was really good. And um, that, you know, everybody felt like she got really, that she went through a really good question. So compliments to you, doctor. <laughs> Very much. I was thrilled to be participating in the conference actually. And I had a really good time and I, I certainly learned a lot. What do you feel like? I know just like, okay. So one of the things that was difficult, not difficult, but what we made to overcome the difficulties with this conference was the fact that you guys are busy doctors, you're on call, you're in and out. And so going to a conference isn't always feasible this way being online, not only was it online, but it was being recorded. So if you took a call, if you had to leave, if you were in surgery, you were able to just come back. And I know a lot of people, I'm pretty sure you were on call that weekend and still managed to present twice. So that was pretty amazing. I was on call both Saturday and Sunday. Um, so yeah, I mean, I managed to present, but at the same time, I, I actually felt comfortable knowing that all these uh, talks were being recorded. So specifically talks that I know I struggle with the most, I can, I know I can go back and even though I didn't get the whole talk or was able to listen live, I can go back and listen to all those talks again. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Dr. K, what was your favorite part of this? Uh, I really appreciated you guys inviting me to help out. I always do. I like that it was based on the review book. Uh, so we kind of had a unified source for it. The most interesting part to me was some of the statistics you sent after. I think you said the total was 240 something, 248 participants. Uh, it was across five time zones and the furthest person away was in Australia, yeah. uh, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, it was, I think, 14 speakers, including myself, uh, just a great round of how to do something like this uh, when you have COVID and other barriers to getting there. I always wanted a conference when I was a resident. I could never get to an absolute uh, conference because I was on call or something. So uh, just the way you guys have maintained kind of the mission for this stuff uh, to help people out, to give away all the free content. Now to have a live review course, because some people wanted that. It's really great to see. Well, I mean, I hope people found it useful. It's perfect because, you know, we're just about to go into the app site for that last minute cramming. 
But because it was so helpful, we decided to do it again. We're going to do it in August because then that gives you plenty of before time for everybody that did not plan that are leaving this app site and being like, oh, I should have started earlier. So we're going to help with that and we're going to help you start on the right foot. The Absite Smackdown podcast. Visit the Smackdown at AbsiteSmackdown.com. Yeah, I really like the way you guys try to help people year long and give them easy reminders for what we can do so we're not cramming. Uh, And then also how to kind of work the study into their daily routine. Uh, So that's great. And the videos, like you said, for this course, were still accessible to people who had the tickets. Uh, They're still accessible now at the course Mm -hmm. uh, website. And uh, that's great. And my understanding is you guys gave them access to the full video reviews uh, that go, you know, exactly chapter by chapter as part of uh, their conference participation. So it's just, again, uh, thanks a lot. I think it's really a useful way to help resident staff. Well, we did do that because, again, the conference was highlights. It was all, you know, it was like a condensed, shortened study version. It was hitting the highlights. And so for those people that need, you know, line by line, that's why we provided that. And um, Dr. Rhonda, what do you think, speaking of cramming, like, yeah, we're going to have that later on, but it is go time right now. We are cramming. What are you doing right now to cram? Because your test is in uh, 14 days, right? 14 days, exactly two weeks. Reminding me, yes, it's exactly, it's exactly two weeks from today. <laughs> yeah. um, this is absolutely cram mode. And cram mode usually consists now of not reading line by line, but again, going through high yield um just highlights of every topic. So that makes the course even more valuable because then I can go through the high yield. And then once, you know, a topic hits that I say, oh man, I forgot like the details about so-and-so I, I can then go back in my own time and read those specific details without reading all the details at once. So to, these next two weeks are all high yield top points of these videos. And um, actually in the AppSite Smackdown book itself, because every time I see something that I need to look up really quick, I can just, I know exactly where it is in the book. So I can just leap through and find it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I would just say the other thing that was really good about the conference was how every speaker worked in questions that they did with the group. Right. Uh, I thought that having it that way and then also broadcast across multiple platforms was nice. So doing questions, I think, you know, this is the time for people at home. Make sure you've done your questions. It does seem to correlate with uh, performance mm-hmm. on the app site. I know uh, Rhonda and all the staff and co-authors pretty much have been saying they, they do them. Uh, and mm-hmm. it does seem to correlate um, when you've gotten through all the content, you know, make sure you're doing your questions. And it was great right. to see that the speakers all did uh, questions with the group. That was good. Yeah. And I guess that's a great way to study right now. Just Fast forward to the end, get to the questions, go through the questions on each on each chapter, and you're good to go. So, all right. Well, I think Jess and uh, Dr. Rhonda, uh, one of the things we try to do on here routinely is uh, do some kind of case together. And that sort of adds you know, some value to the people who are listening, gives them a reason to tune in, uh, besides just catching up about um, Absite, Absite Smackdown. Uh, they get some direct um, absite and board-related content. So, uh, Dr. Barsoom, I appreciate you being willing to go through a case with us. Uh, and I think if you don't mind, we'll, we'll get to it now. What do you say? I definitely don't mind at all. Okay. 
Well, with that, again, welcome back. You're on call. Uh, lucky you at the United States greatest hospital, uh, just by every objective measure. Seems to be fantastic. But, you know, even at the world's greatest hospital, sometimes there's a test you want or something that you try to get. And even though it's the best, you can't do it. It happens. Uh, but this case um, is one that uh, we hope you can help us out with. Uh, there's a 35-year-old guy uh, who was just kind of riding his bike a few days ago and uh, noticed that he kind of had some knee pain and fullness. Uh, and sure enough, gets off his bike and uh, over about the day, just starts to feel like there's something wrong with his left lower extremity. Uh, and really just about, oh, seven, eight hours ago, his foot started to become cold on that left side. He started to have significant pain eventually and tingling. And he thought, you know, he just kind of had a, a cramp or something to work out and he didn't. And it got worse and worse. Uh, and, you know, to help with the pain, uh, you know, he does, he, he tried to drink it off. Uh, he tried to have a bunch of alcohol, uh, kind of falls asleep. Sure enough, it's now eight hours since he started actually having symptoms, as best you can tell. And he presents to the emergency department with a cold left foot. Uh, and there he is for you, Dr. Barsoom. How do you proceed? Okay. So you've already told me most of the history that I need to know. Um, the last thing I would want to know is, does he have any previous medical problems or any issues, any medications that he's on, anything like that? No, he's 30-something years old. Let's say, I don't recall even the exact age I get him. Let's say we're, he's 32. You know, he just doesn't see doctors. Uh, you know, with COVID and everything, and even without, he just, the waits are so long, and he just, he just doesn't see doctors. Right. So, it, you know, a cold leg is an emergent uh, situation. Um, this man is probably at risk of losing perfusion completely to that extremity and might end up losing that limb. So we would want to work pretty fast. So obviously, you know, basics become basic, um, obtain our IVs, make sure that he can get his fluids. But most importantly, the most important test I would want to order right now is a uh, lower extremity bilateral arterial duplex. Uh, I agree that you took a very focused history. I would just add, are there any physical findings you feel like we should have uh, before we go ahead and start his uh, imaging? Of course. So a focused history for him, like you said, it was already a cold leg, but I would still want to confirm uh, my vasculature. So obtain pulses. If no pulses are palpable, then try to obtain signals using the Doppler and then also do a neurovascular exam, uh, just sensation and simple motor of that lower extremity. And I would also want to um, find, just feel his compartments or feel his calves at that point too. Um, the whole area is, uh, at this point, very pale, his lower extremity. Uh, you're not able to find a good dorsalis pedis pulse or really posterior tibial uh, with Doppler signal uh, or anterior tibial. You're a bit concerned. Uh, and again, the extremity is um, very pale, cold. Uh, he does have uh, pain in it now, although he said it's kind of getting maybe a little better, but it hurts like hell. And, uh, you know, he really wishes he hadn't just gone to sleep and, and drank. Uh, and he may even have uh, some demarcation where it looks like his leg is, uh, you know, a relatively normal color, proximal, and then distal uh, seems to be, like we said, very pale. Uh, so with that uh, vascular exam in mind, uh, how do you proceed? The Absite Smackdown podcast, bringing you the best of your Absite review. So 
I'm now thinking that he has some kind of uh, thromboembolic event that has clotted off his uh, peripheral vessels, causing this lack of perfusion um, at a certain level in his leg, probably more proximal than anything. Okay, and with that, with that in mind, how do you proceed? With that in mind, I would now like to obtain my imaging, so the arterial duplex of his um, lower extremity. Okay. Uh, the uh, left lower extremity arterial duplex uh, shows you uh, or demonstrates an approximately 2.1 centimeter uh, uh, ipsilateral uh, femoral, uh, rather ipsilateral popliteal aneurysm. Uh, so on that left side, popliteal aneurysm greater than two centimeters uh, in this symptomatic patient. How do you proceed? The Absite Smackdown podcast is based on the best-selling review book, Absite Smackdown, the only Absite review with an entire video review course included. Visit AbsightSmackdown.com and pick it up today. So there are two things right now going through my mind. The emergent thing to do right now is to re-establish flow to that extremity. But I also know that popliteal aneurysms are highly associated with other um, aneurysms throughout the body, whether it's going to be bilateral or also aortic. Um, so I would eventually want to obtain further imaging to isolate those. However, at this time, the appropriate management of his symptomatic aneurysm is actually going to the operating room um, for an aneurysm resection with a bypass from his SFA, superficial femoral artery, to the distal popliteal artery with exclusion of the aneurysm. Well, sure enough, fortunately, your ultrasound uh, team is there, and they are able to ultrasound his uh, right popliteal and right lower extremity. They do find a 1.5 centimeter aneurysm on that side. Uh, just as you said, uh, really, he does have a surgical emergency. Uh, and I think you've nicely described uh, the kind of standard uh, repair for a popliteal artery aneurysm. Just a, a few follow-up questions. First, you know, what are your thoughts on what level he may have thrombosed or where the clot may be that you'll be trying to fogarty out of the artery when, when you don't think he has signal at any of his lower extremity uh, arteries? Where, where, where do you think that clot might be if, if for sure he doesn't seem to have a dorsalis pedis anterior posterior tibial flow? None of them. So the... It sounds like the the clot would be proximal to the trifurcation, so it would have to be in the popliteal region or distal popliteal. Artery. Yeah, yeah, and then I would also ask, uh, based on how long it's taken him to get to the hospital after being drunk, are there any adjuncts? And you may have said it, and I didn't hear you, but any adjuncts besides the bypass and a likely artery uh, resection, the uh, popliteal aneurysmal uh, resection. Are there any uh, additional uh, surgical procedures he'll need while you're in there, given the time course of uh, this issue? Yes, actually. So given the fact that his symptoms started eight hours ago, I'm assuming that there has been decreased or lack of flow to his lower extremity for approximately eight hours, which gives him an increased risk of reperfusion uh, causing compartment syndrome of his lower extremity. So at this point, I would also like to perform a uh, two incision left lower extremity fasciotomy. 
Well, Dr. Barsoom, thanks so much for your help uh, with this difficult case. Uh, we'll be prepping him, trying to get him to the OR as soon as we can uh, at even the United States greatest hospital. Sometimes there's a little bit of a wait. Uh, and I completely agree with you. I think uh, you nicely highlighted the bilaterality here. Uh, the fact that this is a symptomatic aneurysm, really repair at any size. Uh, but, you know, this one was over two centimeters. Two centimeters is a typical threshold. Uh, even if, um, if there had been no symptoms or something like uh, fullness, compressive symptoms, those will be other reasons to fix these. This guy showed up with a cold leg. I like that you added the fasciotomy. I think it's a very safe move. I think in this case, when you're at the eight hour mark, it's pretty unequivocal, but it's always a conservative move when you reestablish flow. Uh, again, vascular surgery, not so common on uh, our boards uh, for general surgery, but um, more straightforward cases like this, I think are good to explore because like you said, it highlights that old, you know, often bilateral and maybe associated with other arterial uh, aneurysm is issues with the uh, aorta or femorals. And you can have these other aneurysms associated with it. So this is actually a guy I saw as a resident uh, who uh, had a very similar difficult issue. Uh, and it's just kind of interesting at that age, uh, this is clearly not the classic age for a popliteal aneurysm, uh, but sure enough had it. So with that, have you seen any popliteal aneurysms or anyone with a similar issue in your practice so far? I absolutely have. Actually, I saw one just a few weeks ago. Uh -huh. Similar gentleman. Yeah. What did you all do with that? He also had a bypass procedure done in the medial fashion, actually. So he bypassed, uh, the SFA to the distal popliteal hmm. um, with exclusion of the aneurysm, but he had come in with only about a couple hours of symptoms. So he did not need a fasciotomy. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Well, Jessica, there you have it. Popliteal artery aneurysms, just sort of uh, unusual, but something that we see and uh, can be a real problem. I think Dr. Barsoom kind of coached us through it nicely. Get more AppSite content in your daily routine. Visit us on Instagram at daily.appsite.fact, on Facebook at AppSite Smackdown, or LinkedIn at AppSite Smackdown. And you can catch the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any place you listen to your favorites. Don't forget our YouTube channel, AppSite Smackdown. Lots of good study time in there, so... Um. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Randa, for being on here again and for your participation in the conference. Also, just, you know, being an author on the book and all the things that you do for us here at AppSite Smackdown. We're so happy to have you back on. Dr. K, as always, the person that holds us all up to make sure that we all can get this done without you. None of us would be here. So um, just to wrap up, guys, you can still have access to the conference if you attended. We do have one coming up. We're hoping that you're not just cramming now that you've been studying the whole time, but if not, that some of the things that we provide are going to help you out and good luck on this upcoming test. Anything else you guys want to add? I do have a quick question, Jessica, while we have you, I know mm -hmm. you all said you're planning to have us uh, do this conference two times a year. And I think mm -hmm. that's going to be pretty useful. Do you know about when the, uh, the follow-up, the second conference is going to be this year? Right. So six months from now in August, because I think that, you know, we talk to a lot of the residents, a lot of people and like when they feel like they need to start really buckling down to study beforehand. And that is kind of like the kickoff time of if you're doing it the right way, setting up goals for yourself, that's a good time to start. And then of course, 
Again, we'll do it in January, right before the test, like we just did. So we think having them those six months apart is the best way to do it. And that's what we're going to do moving forward. Okay. Yeah, just, that's a fantastic idea. I think earlier the studying, the better. Um, mm -hmm. Cramming might get you some points, but it doesn't really uh, help with the learning of the actual topics. So, you know, thank you so much for everything that you do and how, how much effort and work it takes to put on something like this. So uh, I'm truly appreciative of you. Of course, and Dr. K, thank you. <laughs> well, I have, to, I have to thank Jess too. I mean, I, I've done it all the time, but I just like being able to participate and get the message out there. I think it's the good work of uh, Jessica, Gianna, uh, Stephen, all the people there. Uh, so let's keep doing it. Let's let's get to the next one. All right, all right, guys. Well, like we always say, hashtag Absite Smackdown. Thanks for listening to the Absite Smackdown podcast. Visit us at absitesmackdown.com for more great Absite facts.